Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Put Me Over podcast, episode 64. Uh, Nintendo 64 reference here. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew Gomez, a.k.a. The Mez, joined today by my lovely, wonderful, beautiful co-host. To my right, we have the 10th wonder of the world, Dickalicious himself, Richard Garcia. What is going on? Happy 64th, everybody. Put me over 64. Put there, uh, you just stole the words <laughs> right from my mouth right now. <laughs> yeah. Put me over 64, dude. A uh, lot to talk about this week. A lot of news. Uh, we have a special guest dropping in. Um, our producers were able to track down John Taffert. He's going to be stopping by the studio in a little bit. Um, and we're also going to have Vincent Kennedy McMahon on the show today. This is a very big episode. This is a very newsworthy episode this week. Landmark, some would say. Uh, just like the N64. Just like the N64. Exactly. It all ties together. What was your favorite game on the 64? Oh, dude, I got to go with um, I got to go with Mario Kart. Mar- I mean, Mario Kart is obviously yeah. a staple of the N64, Nintendo in general. A lot of people are probably going to say, this guy's a fucking poser saying Mario Kart. <laughs> no, fuck that, dude. But it's awesome, dude. Uh, Mario Kart was great. Um, I thought you were going to go wrestling on that one. Because um, who can forget NWO versus WCW Revenge. Or or no mercy, no mercy. No mercy. I'm actually. I have my Nintendo 64 sitting right here with WrestleMania 2000 in it. That's another one right there. I mean, I remember I rented the shit out of that game so much. I could have bought it. I should have bought it, but <laughs> I didn't. I just ended up renting it every week and just playing it by myself, which just sounds so depressing saying that. I would accept the late fees and fuck it. I'll keep it for another week then, because they charged you uh, if you were late. They just charge you for another week. So I'd say all right. And it was cheaper than buying the game. Um, well, short term, yes. Short term, yeah. By the time I was done renting it, I could have bought two of them. Did you rent it for like a year straight? I think I owned it for a little bit. Oh, okay. I, like, it was Blockbusters, but it was mine too. Ah, oh, rent to own. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into the show, guys, I want to give it up to our sponsor, LapelYeah.com. If you're ever in the market for some wrestling merchandise, exclusive, limited run things, look no further. Go to LapelYeah.com, and when you shop, Make sure you use our promo code, put me over, and in turn, that website is going to put you over, give you 20% off your entire order. Um, they got pins, stickers, T-shirts, you name it, they got it, and it's all top-notch, high-quality, uh, almost one-of-a-kind. I want to say one-of-a-kind things because uh, they offer things that no other wrestling store is going to offer. So make sure you go to lapelia.com and use our promo code, put me over, for that discount. Also, you can use our promo code at our own website putmeover.com for all of your put me over wrestling podcast merchandise wants and needs we got shirts we got totes we got cell phone cases and if we don't have something just tell us and we'll make it for you uh, again that's putmeover.com promo code is flaccid and I think that's it for our sponsors. Yeah. Um, semi-sponsored by AKG and Samsung this week. We have matching headphones that's this week. That's true. We, I, uh, great minds think alike. You know, great minds buy the same phones. And uh, I'm glad that these headphones work great. That should be the tagline for our, uh, for the plug-in for the Samsung right there. That, that's a perfect tagline right there. What did I just say? You said it two <laughs> seconds ago. I completely you remember? I don't remember. It's like, a lot like watching Raw and SmackDown. It is exactly like watching Raw and SmackDown. Dude, you, you watch it one minute and you just forgot what the hell was I watching. Yeah. Um, but I will say this, though. At least we were treated to a very great main event on Monday Night Raw. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, 
past two weeks, I really don't have a lot to complain about. Uh, but with that said, before we get into that, yes, let's get into the news. Let's get into some dicks, dirty news. Take it away, Dick. You know what? This week has been very, very newsworthy. Just in the past couple days, uh, where do we begin? Where can we start? I mean, oh, I know where we could start. Let's start with the Universal Champion, Seth Rollins. Yes, let's go there. Oh, man. Um, on Twitter, he did, um, he kind of, um, he, he made a tweet on Sunday in, in preparation for, um, for, the, for the Stopping Grounds pay-per-view saying that uh, WWE has the best wrestling in the world. And depending on your perspective on it, he um, he either got criticized very heavily or people were, um, were were cheering him for it. But more often than not, it was more so that he got criticized for his statement. Um, one critic among them, Will Ospreay, and he's been like very very vocal about it. Um, pretty much said because um, Seth did ask like, is there anyone on this planet who has done more than me? And not verbatim, but just kind of paraphrasing what right. he said. He said, uh, "There's no one, um, there's no one alive that can like touch me or something like that." As far like as like who's worked talent. harder than me? Yeah. And uh, Will Osprey just says, "I'm I'm alive." Yeah. And um, got him. It, it just seemed like a friendly banner back and forth um, between the two, and eventually it got to the point where like I guess Will um, said, "I can do. I've, I've done more dates than you." And then Seth pretty much said. Well, I have a bigger bank account than you. And as soon as that happened, that's where he just, like, it just seemed like he just lost the argument and he took it too personal. Yeah, I think Becky needs to help him out in his, with his Twitter game uh, because that wasn't smart. That wasn't smart at all. Yeah, he needs to step up his Twitter game if he's trying to um, promote a feud or so. But he just he took it he just took it too personal and, um, you know, said, I have a bigger, I have a bigger uh, wallet than you. And I mean, and I get where Seth is coming from. Um, from his perspective, you know, he wants to defend the product. He wants to defend the company he works for, and he does have a lot of passion because he is their top guy at the moment. Yes. Um, and also, you know, he's the universal champion. He, is, he's tired of people talking shit about WWE because we do it. Absolutely. Everybody does it. A lot of people do it. It's easy to do though. It is easy to do, and it's not. We're we're not doing it for the sake of doing it. I mean, it, it it's just hard to watch the product now. It's. We praise them and when they deserve it. Absolutely. I mean, just 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 earlier, we we were just talking about how we're treated to a great uh, main event on Raw. When when things are good, we will praise them. And there's there's some great things that are within WWE. And I'm not and I'm not and I'm not just talking about just the main roster. I'm talking about within the company in general. You look at NXT. I mean, we very seldomly say anything bad about NXT because there's nothing bad to say. There's nothing bad to say because they've knocked it out of the park more often than not. Week to uh, week. Week to week, exactly. Week to week, pay-per-view to pay-per-view. Each takeover has been amazing. It's been phenomenal. It's a thing where, you know, it's one thing to, to defend because no one, I don't think anyone criticizes WWE for not having talent and not um, putting on great matches when they're allowed to. I, I think right. it, it comes down to um, storylines and things that people can really invest in, which is really rare these days. You know, you, you we got treated to that main event this week. Um, stomping grounds, we got to get into those uh, results, actually wasn't that bad of a show. You know what? It, it wasn't. Um, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that when you have your expectations so low that and it, and it does help a lot. Because like, I went into stomping grounds just not even caring. Like, oh, this is just another, another half-assed pay-per-view that they, they threw together. And um, it actually it, it blew away my expectations. And it, it was actually a very, it was actually a decent show. Um, yeah, you 
you can go back to the last episode where I said this one might be a sleeper pay-per-view. And it, it was. Usually, sometimes those B-level pay-per-views um, end up being surprises. Right. And and a lot of it has to do with the fact that you use, our expectations have to be so low. And that has, and like I said, I went in there with very little expectations. And I went out there. And at the end of the show, I was like, you know, this is actually a very, this is actually a pretty decent pay-per-view from top to bottom. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say right now? I mean, um, we can get into our results from that as well. Um, I think I ended up winning. I don't remember the, the exact you, total. You did win. We, we did we did do a quick recount of um, who of, of the picks and the overall results, and you did win. So uh, kudos to you, my friend. Uh, I didn't win anything really, but bragging rights. Bragging rights. WWE oh, bragging shit. rights. Uh, Drew Gulak is your new cruiserweight champion. Um, Becky Lynch uh, beats Lacey Evans in a, in, a, in a pretty good match as far as that goes. A couple botches. Right. Becky was pretty loud calling the spots at some times. There was a couple botches with that kick and stuff. Uh, but Lacey Evans tapped out super quick. Um, you had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, which we predicted correctly. I actually followed your lead on that one. Right. Because um, they, they needed something. Uh, Ricochet is your new United States Championship. Uh, he's your new... Is your new? Is your new? He's a new belt. He's your new belt. I uh, know he's your new United States champion. Dan and Brian and Rowan beat up uh, my boys. Heavy Machinery. Uh, Bailey defeated Nikki. Nikki. Alexa Bliss with Nikki Cross in, in her corner. Bailey beat Alexa Bliss um, on some miscommunication, uh, which we predicted as well. Uh, Roman Reigns beat Drew McIntyre. I think that's the one that got me the the win. Right, and and I just want to say with that match, it it's just like. I'm I'm done with this feud. I'm done with the Roman Reigns and Shane McMahon. Oh yeah, Shane. There's no reason why Shane should be a threat to anybody. Absolutely um, no threat whatsoever. It's akin to Vince McMahon being being a threat um, for Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know. Um, but on a much much <laughs> much much weaker scale. Yeah, Vince and McMahon at least was shredded. You know, he, he looked he looked strong. He did. Um, with Drew, like he's been hurt by this feud the most. Absolutely. Like you look at like before WrestleMania, this guy had main event material written all over him. I think he still can be a main event player, but um, I just don't see him in that same light now. Um, being uh, being Shane McMahon's right hand man, especially because Roman Reigns can beat Drew. Right. Why can't he beat Shane? Because of Drew. Exactly. So he's basically the lackey. Uh, Kofi Kingston beat Dolph Ziggler in a really great finish to a cage match that I've never seen before, uh, which was basically a race to the finish. He just jumped over Dolph Ziggler, who was almost out of the cage. Yeah, that was definitely a creative way to um, to end the match and to to escape the cage. I just I just hope that that doesn't become like the norm now. Like um, the way the cage matches go and how they escape, you, you you see like them exerting so much momentum, so much energy, just struggling to get out. And in Kofi at the last second, he was struggling, and then he realized desperation had hit, and he left over um, the ropes to get to uh, break out and escape. I mean, it was a great idea. Um, my only thing about it, though, is that it should just be seldomly used. Like, don't use that rarely. Well, because a, a steel cage is supposed to be like a feud finisher. Right. Um, and we've seen back-to-back uh, weird finishes with Shane McMahon falling out of his T-shirt. Yes, uh, to get a win, and now Kofi just diving over Dolph to get a win. Um, it should be more of a of a stamp on a feud being over, uh, as far as still cage matches go. And 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 real quick, like you would think, like and just like you said with the steel cage, you think that feud would be over with, but unfortunately, it's still going. I mean, uh, yep. it's still going. I mean, on, on SmackDown, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, they had another match on SmackDown, 
and it's just like there goes away the whole idea of the steel cage. I mean, well, it, it was gone for like the longest. Like the concept of the steel cage was in the feuds. Um, this more than confirms it again. Like it's just another gimmick match thrown together um, to kind of just bypass the time. Yeah, um, and then after that, we had Seth Rollins defeating Barry, Barry Corby uh, with Lacey Evans being his uh, special guest referee. Uh, once I saw that, I was like, where's Becky? I mean, this is obviously where they're going. It took her way too long to get out there uh, Absolutely. <laughs> to help no, her man. This, this match um, didn't help Seth's tweet at all because I thought this match was disappointing. Super overbooked um, and not very fun to watch. It was not fun to watch. Uh, they built up the whole idea of having a special guest referee for so long, and it turned out to be Lacey Evans. I mean, it was, it was, it was actually not a bad pick to have Lacey Evans as a it made sense. It made sense in it and all, but the way they hyped it up so much, it it was disappointing because a lot of a lot of people were thinking that oh, you know, it might be someone bigger. I, you know, I kind of thought it was going to be either Heyman or Brock, and. It wouldn't make much sense to have Corbin pick one of those guys, but you'd think like he'd hyped it up so much that he would have someone like that to 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 referee. But it, it makes sense to have Lacey do it. It's just, but it's just like it was just like not. It just didn't mesh well. Like, and then the, they were just the match itself was just not very boring. Um, I just want to say something real quick though, w- with Seth. Like, as I think Seth's a great wrestler, and I've always liked Seth Rollins as a performer. Tyler Black even. Tyler Black. I mean, you, you go back to his Ring of Honor days. And, and that's another thing with his tweet. It's it's like he almost forgot where he came from. Yes. He, he, was knocking, he was knocking a lot of the independent guys. But it was because of him being on the independent scene, him being in Ring of Honor, and him busting his ass, you know, 10 years ago to get where he's at now. He forgot where he, where he came from. And I'm real disappointed by 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 that. He's a company man now. He is a company man. Um, you know what a major swerve would have been if he if Baron Corbin just picked Mike Kyoto to be the special guest referee. I, you know, I was kind of expecting Nate. yeah, a little Nate. So you know, someone along those lines. It's just that they built it up so much that whoever it was was just it was just going to be a disappointing ending. Uh, yeah. After they announced Lacey Evans, you heard the crowds chant, "This is stupid." Uh, AEW, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk. Uh, crowd was not happy with with this pick. No, and I'm and I'm surprised Seth Rollins didn't put out a tweet about it either. Yeah, well, I'm sure someone was like, "Hey, man, um, you're kind of coming off like a douche." So yeah, maybe just take it easy on that. Don't don't complain about the crowd, dude. Yeah. Um, any other new? I'm sorry, we, I kind of went in. I went over. I buried the lead basically. Um, no, but from I the mean interaction from Seth Rollins it, on Twitter. It, it does. It does lead into um in, into the the Twitter feed that he had with Will Osprey, and just not only with that, but then like also he he um he's also just he just seems like he just can't put his foot in his mouth because he just he went on he went on ESPN. He had an interview with um uh, with uh, on ESPN about um about Dean Ambrose, and, the, and someone had asked him about uh, John Moxley. Uh, long story short. He had said that, um, you know, he, him and John are still great friends, but he just felt like that, not verbatim, but John didn't do enough to reach, to be successful in the company. Like, kind of almost dismissing. Um, oh, really? Moxley's, yeah, kind of dismissing Moxley's um, criticisms of WWE, saying that did he really do everything he could to, um, to be successful? And, he, and Seth felt that in his mind that he didn't. Oh, that's shitty. So, um, but yeah, he did post it up. It, it, it was, I'm sorry, not ESPN. It was Sports Illustrated. It was, yes. it was with Sports Illustrated that he had the interview. And it, um, it, it, came, it did come off as kind of douchey, like, wow, you kind of threw your friend under the bus right there. I mean, so the, the tweet pretty much, um, this is just um, 
a, a sample of what he said on the podcast. He says, um, Ambrose can do what he wants. He's a big boy. He's got his big boy pants on. He can go out there and say whatever he wants. But the bottom line is not everyone is equipped to handle the rigors of the WWE and the schedule and how it affects you mentally and emotionally. Wow. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what he said. Um, and then he he didn't mention that it's a little presumptuous of him to get on a podcast and talk down about the company that gave him such opportunities. And he referenced some of he referenced some of them. Um, basically, him being WWE champion and you know him meeting his wife. I, I like with Seth in his minds. He 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 thinks like I said. I I I think that he thinks that Dean didn't do enough, and that whereas he did everything he could to be successful. And it depends on how you look at it. Like, from an outsider's point of view, you could say that maybe Seth did do everything he could, but at the same time, he was given better opportunities than Dean ever did. When they give you shit to do, um, and we've seen Seth Rollins, they've given him a lot of shit to do. He goes out there and does it. Right. Where I feel like, you know, maybe Dean Ambrose was like, no, I'm not going to say that. No, this is garbage. I'm not going to say this. Where we've seen Seth go out and give awful dialogue. Absolutely. Um Maybe it was him being a heel, and he's like, okay, well, I'm a heel, so I can give out this nonsense. Uh, but I'm tr- I feel like Dean might might be cr- might be in the right on this one because he actually stood up, and yeah, maybe he's not built for WWE because he's not built to be a yes man. Yeah, so there's there's definitely different perspectives as far as how you want to interpret the uh, the, the promo or really the um the, the interview. Um, but yeah, definitely Seth definitely did come off as um. He definitely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, he rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way, and he definitely rubbed a lot of wrestlers the wrong way. And uh, one among them is definitely Will Ospreay. And um, Ospreay, I got to give Ospreay credit because he took advantage of a situation. And he, um, I, I guess in one of the tweets that uh, Seth had brought up, he said he called him Little Man. And oh, yeah. I- implying that he was smaller than Ricochet. Like, oh, we have one of those guys like you. Uh, his name is Ricochet. He's a lot bigger than you, Little Man. And Ospreay, to his credit, made a shirt that says little man. Oh, that's awesome. I don't know how many it sold, but I am like very tempted to, to pick up one to, to pick up a shirt because that is a, such a brilliant move on his part and um it was perfect timing for him. Um you know, and Will Osprey, you know, he's been on a roll. Um he's um I've said this last week. I think he's going to be my pick to win the G1. I could see a, a a bright future in him. He has all of them in the world right now. Arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Absolutely, uh, I'll, I'll I'll probably I'll, I'll match you on that too. I th- I think Will Ospreay has a great opportunity, and you know Seth Rollins is just helping him out, helping him build notoriety. Absolutely, he 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 is. You could probably compare Seth's Twitter followers to Will Ospreay's, and I'm sure Seth has way more. Uh, so it's nice that you know. Thanks for the rub, brother. And you know, at the end of the day, Seth Rollins is still a great great wrestler. Um, it's just weird to see. Um, Twitter feuds in between promotions. Um, speaking of Twitter feuds in between promotions, we could talk about this Kenny Omega Fighter Fest uh, controversy. Oh my God! Small controversy going on right now. Um, it's been announced that Evolve is going to be running their tenth anniversary show, which is going to be very NXT influenced, on the same day as Fight for the Fallen. Not Fighter Fest. It's going to be Fight for the Fallen on July thirteenth. Kenny Omega sent out a tweet, uh, basically, that says, uh, while, while you guys are lining your pockets with blood money, we're over here trying to put on a show. Fight for the Fallen is going to actually, proceeds of that show are going to go to um, people from the shooting for that 
Madden tournament. Remember that that shooting that happened in Jacksonville, oh, yes, Florida? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, the guy lost at Madden, got mad, and went back to his car to get a gun and shot up a bunch of people, which is awful. Um, so it's basically going to be a charity show. And he, he got pretty pissed off that WWE went ahead and put on this show that's going to air on the WWE Network um, to kind of, I guess, make people choose which, one, which show they want to see. Um, so Kenny Omega had, you know, he was pissed. He d- actually deleted that tweet. I think he realized that, um, I mean, he, he was he was fuming, but he probably realized at the same time maybe that was not the moment to, um, to, to put that tweet online. Um, but I get where he's coming from because it, it definitely does come off as a, a petty move on WWE's part to have the same show as as um, Fight for the Fallen. But this is WWE. Like this, like they've had a history of doing this. You go back to the 80s. Vince was notorious for having um, put on... I mean, the idea of Survivor Series. Um, the original idea of Survivor Series was to compete with Starcade. I mean, I'm sorry, not... Uh, yeah, Starcade. Because Starcade was... Um, it was Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, it was a prelude to uh, WCW. That was their biggest event of the year. That was kind of like their WrestleMania in a way. And Vince, in order to um, compete with them, had uh, threatened uh, cable companies that they cannot show uh, Starcade if they want the Survivor Series. Oh yeah, like he went, he went for the throat. He went for the throat. So I mean, it's it, it, they've had a history of doing this, um, and you could tell like this was kind of like the the the, the company's plan all along. I mean, they are taking over the Indies, and um, what better way than to compete with? Um, with 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 Fight for the Fall and trying to get some of that audience um, to watch um, to watch this evolve show and it, it, it's a very big show and it's a stacked show. Um, oh yeah, it's it's gonna be super packed. Um, you're gonna have um, Adam Cole versus Okira Tozawa, Matt Riddle versus Drew Gulak. Those are, those are gonna be the big matches for 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 that whatever. Um, for for the for the Evolve 10th anniversary show. Um, Evolve champion Austin Theory. Uh, that guy is a young dude. That guy's like twenty. I want to say he's like in his early 20s, and that guy has a bright future ahead of him. I've seen him wrestle. He has the look. He has the skill. He has the charisma. Um, I think that's going to be eventually WWE's pet project right there is him. He, that's, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Um, it may not be just be in WWE. He could be in, in, in general. You never know. What I need to see him. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely, if you get a chance, watch him. He's definitely one. He's definitely one of, of the guys that you want to check out in the future. Like He's definitely going to be a future star. Uh, Kenny Omega followed up his tweet after he deleted. He said, I said my piece and it opened the door to a very toxic environment. It wasn't a message to fans or the boys, just the decision makers. I wish everyone wrestling wrestling on that show that day all the best. That is all. Um, so it feels like uh, Kenny immediately regretted. Uh, yeah, he, 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 taking did, a shot. he did. He did regret it. And he realized like he, he did realize that it did come off as like kind of like criticizing uh, the performers, which. It wasn't the performer's fault. I mean, that was that was the decision makers right there. They wanted to go ahead and do that. Um, that was deliberate, and it, it, it's it's competition. Um, they kind of drew first blood. AW kind of drew first first blood in a way. WWE is now just trying to compete with them. I mean, we kind of knew this was going to happen sooner than later, um, but we'll see how this goes. I mean, I, all I know is I think both sides they're going to bring their stu- they're going to bring their A game, and it's going to be a very very eventful night in wrestling. Yeah. Um, which one are you going to watch? You know, I'm going to try to catch both. Um, I th- 
I feel like we should order Fighter Fest and then just watch it on an on Evolve show on the network later. Absolutely, I um, think I want to watch AEW live. I do want to watch AEW live because I feel like with um because because I have I, we both have the ne- we both have the W network so we can watch uh, the Evolve show pretty much whenever we want any pay per view whenever we want. Um, I just feel like with um with fi- uh, with the Fire Fest like we need to watch that as soon as possible and I want to get that true experience because I I like getting that live experience especially um when it comes to when it when it comes to these shows like I want to get that reaction and I just want to get that feel so yeah I'm I'm with you on that one bud uh yeah especially because double or nothing we didn't really get that commentary side we got we got to see it live yes uh, a little inebriated uh we definitely had a great time though let's go to the special segment. where we review th- stuff that happened on this day. Uh, Dick, what happened today uh, in the world of wrestling in the in the past? On this day? Eight. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to add that music. I just wanted to say that real quick. <laughs> go, uh, yeah, go, go on. Okay, Sorry. so yeah, eight years ago, um, back on June 27th of 2011, was, uh, was an episode of Raw, and CM Punk had came out, and he delivered his infamous pipe bomb promo where he pretty much called out John Cena and um, just told that said that John Cena was, you know, he likes John Cena, but he hates everything that he represents. And he um, pretty much shot on uh, shot on shot on uh, Vince and Triple H. It was a work shoot, but it did have a lasting impact. And it, it did change. It, it, it did change WWE um, in, in a lot of ways, um, both short term and long term. So that's definitely been an eventful way. I mean, short term in that you saw CM Punk's ascension to the main event status. Oh, the pipe bomb was something that lit the wrestling world on fire. Yeah. Um, it, it was kicked off the summer of punk, and it still resonates to this day. And it, and, and it's the WWE CM Punk summer, by the way, not not the um, Ring of Honor one that happened back in 2006. You know yeah. about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it happened with that, and then the fact that Punk – did open up a lot of doors for other guys as well. I mean, you look at, I mean, but most, who's been the biggest, um, who's been the one that's been un- benefited? Benefit the, thank you, benefit the most from this. Daniel Bryan. It's been Daniel Bryan, exactly. Absolutely. He's benefited from this. And then you also have, I mean, NXT as well. NXT is also like kind of like, like the idea of having a bunch of talented guys, regardless of size, going out there and wrestling. And they took a lot from the independent scene at, at the time. And it, it's, Resonated a lot, and it's and it's changed wrestling. Um, some people have said for the better. Some other people said for the worse. Some people said that it's it's been changed. It stayed the same. I mean, it's really hard to say, but it's definitely um, been a different, a de- different wrestling world after that day for sure. No, but yeah, leading on to that right there. And speaking of CM Punk, um, what's happened and what's happened recently with him and Cobana has been quite unfortunate. Um, we did mention a while back that. Um, that Cabana had, was in the process of suing CM Punk over uh, legal fees, and it just reported that um, through um, first reported through uh, PW Insider that um, Punk is countersuing Cabana. Fuck me, fuck you. Exactly. Um, that that's super unfortunate. They were best friends, man, and for this to all go down, um, you know, I, this might be the world's most expensive podcast. Absolutely, and. Um, Punk is suing them for uh, suing Cabana for uh, six hundred thousand dollars plus interest and other fees in response to uh, the suit that happened back a couple of years ago involving um, him and Cabana against uh, WWE and Doctor Chris Amon. 
um, Punk is saying that Cole Cabana should have took the podcast down, um, where he didn't. Once they got the season desist, he left it up, and Cole Cabana was like, "Well, you told me that you're going to take care of any of my legal expenses, right?" Um, so that's where this all kind of becomes weird. Because uh, we don't know, we don't know what they said to right. each other. Right, we don't know what, what 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 was said to each other, and it's just like it's it's he said he said, and it, it's just really unfortunate because these, these guys were like I mean I I, they were very good friends, they were very close at one point, and now they're they're not even on speaking terms, and if they are, it's because of this lawsuit. Who would have thought that that podcast <laughs> would have done more harm to both those guys than it did to WWE? I mean. Don't get me wrong. It's it, it did it did do some damage to WWE and um and not in a good way. But it, it felt like that the damage was done more on really more on on Cabana because yeah. he has not recovered since. I mean the 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 podcast hasn't really been the same after that. Um, he really hasn't been the same like as terms of like as terms of of wrestling uh, and relevancy. And a lot of his time is really spent more on now on, on the lawsuit against his former best friend. That's right. No one fucks with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. You want to try to take me down? I'll take your friendships down. I'll take your souls down. Vince, Vince Mr. McMahon, what are you doing here? I just wanted to stop by and let everyone know no one fucks with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I got... The balls the size of grapefruits. And if CM Punk and Colt Cabana want to talk shit about me on their podcast, well, they got injected with a lethal dose of poison. My, my, you you are everywhere, sir. How do you have the time and energy to be doing this? I don't sleep. I don't eat. I only write Raw and SmackDown, the world's greatest shows ever put on television. We haven't won an Emmy, but we should be winning Emmys because we're the greatest. Wow, Vince. I'm actually glad you're here, Vince, because we actually have a guest that's been dying to talk to you. Uh, we've been watching the product lately, and we think it's time that someone has had an intervention with you, and we kind of you know, have this raw rescue, as we call it, uh, from our good our good friend John Taffer. John Taffer, everybody. Hey guys, it's great to be here on the show with you guys. It's a great time to be here. And Vince, what are you doing out there? You're killing the product, but it's such good shit. You might think that, but you're killing the product and you're killing your fans. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Vince, I think you should listen to John. I mean, this is actually an intervention. and Just listen. Please listen. Look at, look at the ratings. They're low, but they're going to rise again. And you know what? That's what your problem is. You don't accept responsibility for yourself. You're putting, you're going to kill this product. And actually, you know what? I brought in two people in here. I brought in two people, two of the best people that I think could save your product because you're killing it. Ladies and gentlemen, we have late breaking news. I'm going to rescue Raw and SmackDown. And we're going to have Paul Heyman take care of Raw. And we're going to send... Eric Bischoff to take care of SmackDown because this is ridiculous. This is huge, huge, Vince. What do you, Vince, is, is this okay? What do you think? If you want to bring in specialists to talk about me, well, that's fine. But it's all still got to go through me, the CEO. Yeah, that's right. They're going to have to go through you, but you know what? I'm going to hold you accountable. You're killing this product. Vince, I think you should listen to John. He really knows what he's talking about. I've, 
I've saved bars. I can save marriages. I can even save raw. If you give me the chance, Vince, will you give me the chance or not? Well, goddammit, pal, you got yourself a goddamn deal. What did I just witness? Did I just witness Vince accepting help from John Taffer? Shaking hands with John Taffer. John Taffer wow. is going to rescue Raw, and he's bringing in his two specialists, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, that they're going to take care. They're going to be the executive directors. Is, is that right, John? You're going to be the directors, the executives of Raw and SmackDown. It's, it's going to be mayhem, but it's going to be great mayhem. It's, going to, it's what the show needs. This is a first for the Put Me Over podcast, by the way. We have John Taffer's on here, and he announces this late breaking news in such a way that I can't even just wow, John, you are the man. You you, I think you might save both Raw and SmackDown. Thank you. And you know what? You're gonna ki- you're gonna do all these good things. You gotta you gotta bring people together, and that's 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 the end of the game. That's the end of the goal here. Because if not, you're just gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna shut Raw down. I was gonna shut it down. Vince, do you understand what I'm saying? God damn it! You don't get no one shuts down Raw without me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut it down. I'm gonna shut your show down if you don't accept my help. Now, are you willing? Yes, I said yes already. Damn it! I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give power to you. Thank you, Vince. And we're together. We're not gonna let anyone keep talking shit. You got Seth Rollins out there on Twitter protecting you when you're not even taking accountability for yourself. You're right, damn it. You're right, John Taffert. You got yourself a goddamn deal. All right. All that, right. That, that, there it is. That is that is a first. Put me where podcast is single handedly bringing two great minds to come together and hopefully turn this product around because ratings are low. People aren't showing up for Absolutely. stomping grounds. They had to block off a whole section. Yeah, that's right. That, your last pay-per-view, Drew Dick, you couldn't even give tickets away. Buy one, get one free. You're going to kill these people. I don't blame John for freaking out. I don't out blame right him now. for freaking out either. I mean, and he and he's not wrong. I mean, this past stomping grounds pay-per-view, 6,000 tickets were sold. They had to bring people from they, the upper levels to the floor. They got yes. free seat upgrades. And out of those six, uh, I'm sorry, six thousand tickets that were uh, people that were there for the show. Out of those six thousand, about four thousand were bought, and the rest were copied. Were suckers. Copied. That is suckers. insane. Four thousand suckers out there. Uh, they got a, a glorified raw, basically. They did. They got a glorified raw, but you know what though? I mean, I, I guess it goes with the with the low expectations, and it did c- come out better than I thought. But John Taffer, please come by whenever you feel like it. And we may we may need to call you again real soon. So we might need a SmackDown yes uh, re- rescue. Um, but I think we're on a great start. We we have a great idea with this. Uh, John Taffer, everybody, thank you guys for having me on the show. I'll be back next time, maybe next week. But you're gonna see me more often, Vince. Thank you so much, John, for coming by. Really appreciate it. All right, um, let's move on because uh, we still have to talk about Fighter Fest going on this Saturday. That's right. From Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, this is going to be free on B, uh, Bleacher Report Live. Um, let's just run down this card, give quick quick uh, predictions because, I mean, we don't know. This is going to be their second show ever. Absolutely. It's their second show ever, and they're, they're putting it off for free just to get um, just to get the people to watch and um, you know to tune in on the product, and let's see what we got. Now on the pre-show, we have Michael Nakazawa versus Alex Jabaley, who is the owner of CEO, the ones that put on uh, this gaming festival that Fighter Fest is taking a part of. Um, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go Alex Jabaley on this. It's a hardcore match, um, so I think he's, I think they're gonna give it to to him as a, like a gimme. That that could be the case. I mean, um, 
I I, kinda, I I have to agree with you on that logic too. Um, I I, I mean it would be su- it would be surprising if he doesn't win. Um, it's Michael Nakazawa. It's Nakazawa, yeah. So I, I'm gonna go with uh, Oxford Bailey as well. After that, we have Cody versus Darby Allen. Uh, this one should be a great match. This one is gonna be it's gonna open up a lot of people to Darby Allen, um, up and coming guy. Um, I think I might have mentioned this before. Um, definitely uh, influenced by uh, Punk Legends, Gigi Allen, and Darby Crash. Uh, yet he's straight edge. Figured that out. Um, I think this is going to be. A, this is definitely going to be a match to watch. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Cody on this one. I can't see Cody losing. Yeah, I think Cody's going to win, but uh, Darby Allen is going to look great in defeat. Um, after that, we have the Elite: Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson versus the Lucha Lucha Brothers. And the Laredo kid, who is going to be a, uh, he was a secret, but uh, late breaking news here. The Laredo kid, um, I don't know much about him. Uh, looks like he's wrestled for Impact, Lucha AAA, um, and he is actually the um, AAA Cruiserweight Champion and part of the Trios Tag Championships there. Oh, wow. Um, I've never seen him, but I'm very interested. Yes, and... Um, I'm sure this would be a, uh, the first time for a lot of people as well to see the Laredo kid. Um, the, the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros put on a hell of a match at um, at Double or Nothing, and I expect nothing less from this match, especially adding Kenny Omega. And I, I'm sh- I'm sure the Laredo kid is going to have he's going to be putting in a lot of work to this match to show everyone what he can really do. Yeah, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with. I'm going to have to go with Lucha Bros on this one. I think Lucha Bros are going to win. The, the, the elite they don't need to win they they really don't yeah um i think they since they won at um double or nothing i think that the lucha bros are going to get get their win back here and we're going to have the rubber match at uh all out for the tag champs right um so we'll see how that goes um john moxley versus joey janelle and a non-sanctioned match this match is going to be gr- gritty it's going to be hardcore it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. Yeah, and this was this was announced earlier as well. And quite frankly, that should have been the way that they were gonna go. Uh, Joey Janela, you know, he's he's a he's a guy that likes to get down and dirty. And I think Moxley, it, Moxley at his best, to Ambrose at his best is when he's when he is that hardcore guy. And who better than who Janela? Better, who better than these two? I think that, you know honestly, I think this match is gonna steal the show. I really do. I I, I agree with you on that. Um, I'm gonna go John Moxley on this. He's been on a tear, um, but again, Joey Janela is gonna look great in defeat. Absolutely. Um, I, 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 you just stole the words right out of my mouth. I mean, I, I can't see. This is Moxley's first match in AEW. I can't see him losing this match. I can't see him losing right away, especially because he's been doing great in New Japan as well. Absolutely. After that, we have Adam Page versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy versus MJF in a fatal four-way match. Um, all these guys can go. My vote is going to go with MJF. Your boy, MJF. That's my boy. You know what, though? He's opened up a lot of people's eyes. Um, he, he, a lot of people can say he's probably the best heel in professional wrestling. I, I, I agree. And I agree with that. Um, he's, he's, he talks a lot of shit, um, and it's all gold. It is. It's abso- all gold. Absolutely. I think I'm going to have to go with Hangman on this one. I think you want to keep the momentum on him, especially since he's going to be having his title match against Chris Jericho at Double or Nothing. Um. If he doesn't win, he definitely is not. He definitely should not be beating, getting pinned. I can't see him losing this match. I think they want to build him up for for uh, him for him and Jericho. Yeah, I mean, I could see Jimmy Havoc taking the pin uh, on this one, but we'll, we'll find out. Up next, we have Christopher Daniel versus Sema in a singles match. 
um, two great legends going head to head. Um, they they go way back, Absolutely. way way back to Dragon Gate. Um, who do you got on this one, Dick? I'm gonna go with Christopher Daniels on this one. Um, I I think I I still I have a feeling this is not gonna be the end of it. I think they're gonna they're gonna keep this feud going. Um, we might see them have a, a rematch or they continue the feud out up until double or nothing. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Christopher Daniels on this one as well. Um, will we see SCU get involved? We'll find out. Um, because they they had a great six man tag at Double or Nothing, the the opener. Yes. Uh, one one of the great openers, um, in professional wrestling this year. After that, we have Yuka Sakazaki versus Riho versus Nyla Jax. I mean Nyla Rose. Um, this is a gives to me a three way match for. Oh wait, no, it's not for the title. For nothing. Uh, it's for nothing. Um, who, who do you? Oh, this is my pick. Um. I gotta go Nyla Rose on this one. Um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, momentum behind her. Um, everyone's gonna be able to shine, but I think Nyla's gonna gonna e- gonna eke out by a small small margin of victory, and that's gonna set up for a championship match against Britt Baker um, at All Out. Absolutely. Um, I, I I I think you stole the words out of my mouth again, dude. <laughs> Great minds, man. Great minds do think alike. So I, I've got to go with um, Nyla Rose on this one. Um, I, I think she needs to put on a, a, a strong show to show that she can compete with uh, with with the, with the rest of the women in the division. Yes. Um, after that, we have best friends Chucky Taylor and Trent Beretta versus SoCal Uncensored, SCU, uh, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian versus Private Party um, in a triple threat tag team match. Uh, winners are going to advance all out for an opportunity at the first round bye for the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. Um, big implications in this match. I don't know who's gonna win. This could go either way. Um, I think I don't think I don't think Private Party is gonna win because I expect them to uh, put on a show for the for the tag team tournament. I see these guys as being uh, the up and coming tag team that they're, they're they're gonna they're gonna you're gonna have to keep your eyes open on them because they are very talented guys. Um, I was just watching the um, the the road to um, to Fighter Fest and they 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 were. Um, they they did do an episode on them and I was intrigued by them and they got these guys got a lot of talent. Oh yeah, these guys look great. Um, so who are you picking for this match? I would say um, I'm gonna go with best friends on this one. I I could see uh, the best friends winning. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with SCU. Um, now that I could actually see them winning, they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after that, we have Kylie Ray versus Leva Bates with uh, who's the former uh, Blue Pants in NXT. Yes, uh, with Peter Avalon. So it looks like the two librarians are going to be together now. They're hooking up. Uh, they're definitely hooking up, keeping it quiet. Um, <laughs> but uh, this this one should be fun. Kylie Ray is great. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it actually to uh, Leva Bates. That's. And that's not a bad pick either. Um, Hype up this librarian gimmick. Absolutely. Keep, keep the two uh, librarians on a roll. Um, they can actually maybe be super heels. You never know. And and they could do like a, a screwy finisher, Peter, Peter Avalon in there, um, which they, they can get away with because that is going to be on the, on the pre-show. So I could see that happening. Um, and, and, and that keeps Kylie Ray strong as well because you want to keep her strong for, um, for double or nothing as well. You want to make her... A, uh, a credible threat to that championship belt. Yeah. So um, I could see some type of screwy finish, and you know, some fans may say, "Well, what about wins and losses, and what about you know, 
like clean wins and clean losses. I mean, not every match has to have a clean winner and clean loser. Uh, and this match is, is one of them where you can have uh, some sort of screwy finish. Um, where this is the only one I see that could have a, a, yeah, a shaky ab- finish. Absolutely. Um, where you want to keep Kylie Ray strong, but you probably don't want her to have the win just yet. You know what I mean? People love her. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, at the chase is what's important. Uh, Kylie Ray chasing for that belt is uh, that would be a draw for them. So, and she's going to have all these obstacles around them. And, you know, a, a librarian couple is among one of the <laughs> obstacles that are along the way. Yeah, I mean, no one likes a librarian, right? No, let alone two. Um, so those are our Fighter Fest predictions live this Saturday, tomorrow, um, on for free. Um, so go ahead and watch that, guys. Let's get into Raw and SmackDown. Uh, we kind of went over the stomping grounds fallout. Um, actually, we went really over the the stomping grounds. Yes, we did. Uh, but let's let's get into Raw um, and the fallout of the um, the match between Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins. We actually are going to be introduced to a ta- mixed tag match at Extreme Rules, which is the next pay per view uh, between between Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans versus Seth and Becky. Winner take all is a stipulation. Oh, you thought those feuds were done? Oh, you didn't know? Uh uh-uh. uh. Um, no, it's it's this is going to be it because the the stipulation is if Baron and Lacey lose, uh, they can no longer challenge for those championships. Anymore. Winners take all, and I can see Baron and Lacey winning. God, I hope not. I uh, I, I really hope not because that just means they get to stretch out this feud even more. Take it to SummerSlam. <sighs> no, I, this is it right here because I think <laughs> it's time for both uh, Becky and Seth to move on to to new opponents. Um, I'm done with this feud, but whatever. Uh, let's talk about what's happening on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, they are no longer... Vince came up with the idea before John Taft could get to him. Of Right. One of our complaints was that there's too many commercials during matches, so Vince is like, God damn it. Then we'll just fuck up everything and make everything happen before... Or we'll, <laughs> we'll make everything happen after a commercial break. Um, so we're introduced to a lot of two out of three falls matches, uh, random tag matches being thrown together right after a singles match finishes. Um, what do you what do you think about that, Dick? How do you do you think it's hurting or helping the product? The first thing I noticed with these changes is that the the, the crowd reaction has been affected by it so much. Like there, it's almost to the point where like it's almost it's manufactured, and it's it's no longer it's well I mean it it was it was no longer organic. Now it's it's almost manufactured, and, and I I have a feeling now at this point that they're gonna have a point where they're gonna have like the signs that says cheer, boo, applause. You know how they have on the talk <laughs> shows when you go to those recordings. Yes, and which is funny because for the longest Vince Vince McMahon and uh, this is something that I've learned um, about Vince was that Vince was never a big studio guy. He never wanted wrestling to be in a studio. He, he always had the wrestling to be in an arena setting. He might have some of the programming in a studio. Like, I remember back in the day with Tuesday Night Titans and um, and uh, Primetime Wrestling. Yes. They were all in a studio, but the matches themselves were not in a studio. They were all in, in, a, in an arena setting. And now it's the point where, like, now he has it in an arena, but now he's going to have the studio setting in an arena and almost kind of, like, training the fans when to cheer, when to boo, when to stop the action, and and, and it's it's affecting not only the fans, but I'm sure also the wrestlers as well, because their chemistry is going to be off too. Yeah, there's now 
not only are the two out of three falls match, but then they had a triple threat match, a triple threat elimination match. So they were able to end, get a pinfall, shoot to commercial, and then they continue the match after that. It, to me, it just it it reeks of overproduction. It's not fun to watch, um, especially when the singles match that precedes the match or the first fall in a two out of three falls match really means nothing. It's just a way that we can get around having a commercial during the wrestling match. Um, and I think it hurts It hurts everything. The stakes are very low now. Ab- absolutely. And it makes, it makes little sense because if you've seen a two out of three falls match between... Um, I'm just giving you as, as, as an example, like um, uh, between... Um, Kofi and Dolph. Kofi and Dolph, um, which did happen, by the way. Yes. It, it, happened, it happened on SmackDown again. Why would you want to see that match again on a pay-per-view or a one-fall match? You, I, I wouldn't. I just saw two out of three, and not only that, Kofi sweeps. Like Kofi won both. He won both falls in, in a rather quick fashion. Um, it, yeah, it's definitely it, 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 it's it's killing it's 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 killing uh, the gimmicks as well because they're gonna run through those gimmicks real quick, and it's no longer gonna feel special. Um, yeah, uh, especially when literally every match you can see, oh, the tag match is gonna really be the real match. This is just a setup. Yeah, um, for this is a nothing match. We're wasting time now. Now we've gone from saving time during commercial breaks to wasting time uh, leading up to those commercial breaks. Our um, truth single-handedly probably saving Raw. Um, he is your seven-time, eight-time, 24-7 champion. Um, I've talked a lot of crap on this uh, 24-7 title, um, but it's getting it's getting interesting. Um, there's there are things that they're doing that makes it fun. I'm not a fan of a roll-up winning the title every single time. Um, but R-Truth interrupting a wedding to win that title is hilarious to me. Oh, the schoolboy championship. But, um, yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad, you know, they're, they're, they're taking it out of, the, uh, out of the arena and they're using other settings. Hell, they're using Drake Maverick's wedding. He, yeah. And it, he, he, by the way, he did get married. It's a legit wedding um, to Renee Michelle. Um, Way to come up by um by Drake Maverick by the way. Yeah, good on him. Good, good on, on Hornswoggle. Good on him. And good for good on him as well because she's she's playing along too and she's a hundred percent down for this. Yeah. Um. Maybe not in storyline though, but um. She's she's down for this to happen. Yeah. In storyline, she wants a divorce. Already. She wants a divorce. They haven't even consummated the marriage yet. <laughs> yeah. And he's, and, he's, and he's made it a point many times, not only on Raw but also on Twitter as well. Uh, on Twitter, I haven't seen the Twitter. Yeah, he's he, he put up a tweet uh, just earlier today saying, "Still to this day, I have not consummated the marriage." <laughs> That's great. Our um, truth had a legit match for the twenty four seven title inside the ring. Uh, who he beat Drake Maverick uh, like nothing. I wish because um, Drake Maverick, I mean, Rockstar Spud, whoever can wrestle. Um, yes, it just sucks that you know I don't like these quick matches just for the sake of and, it. And he's got a personality as well and I'm glad it's being shown outside of um, him managing AOP um, and, and that was a bad that was a bad move on, on their part to put uh, Drake Maverick with with AOP. Yeah. Um, who we haven't seen um, since Saudi Arabia and before that who knows. Yeah. Um, one thing I do like about the 24-7 title is actually giving screen time to people that generally wouldn't be on the show. Whether they're chasing them around looking like idiots, uh, they're actually being seen, which is, you know, I'm able to see ACH, who won the title for like three seconds. Was it Cedric Alexander or ACH that won it? I think it was Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander that won it, yeah. Um, they used to be a tag team. Um, That's true, they were. Uh, but yeah, that 
being able to see them. Uh, EC3 won the title for like two seconds. Uh, was that this week or last week? It was this week. It was this week. Um, he yeah. lost it immediately. Uh, but he, hey, he's a champion now. He, first taste of gold in WWE. Um, after that, we had uh, Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon, Andrew McIntyre in a handicap match. Um, Roman was getting destroyed, um, only for the Undertaker to show up and uh, help out Roman Reigns for some reason. I didn't expect that to happen. No one did. No one did. Um, but that that just goes to show you, like they are, they are desperate and uh, they're going to continue this feud. Um, I think we all know where this is going to lead to. Um, it's going to lead to hopefully. Um, Shane and it's gonna be Shane Roman at SummerSlam, and you know, hopefully after that, that's it. Well, this is actually leading up to a tag match between Undertaker yes. and Roman Reigns versus Shane and Drew um, at Extreme Rules. Um, but I could see that still going on into SummerSlam. I wish before they announced before they announced that match, we got a little bit more context on like why sh- why Undertaker's helping Roman after, you know, he yeah. beat him at WrestleMania and then talked shit the next night and got booed on for 20 minutes straight. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, Undertaker rationalizing and that. And they, they could have easily done that match at Extreme Rules. I, I thought that we were going to do that match at Extreme Rules and have um, the handicap match there and then have the Undertaker interfere, which could have led to... Um, to Undertaker and Roman as SummerSlam. I thought they were going to go that route. I mean, they could still go that route, absolutely. But we'll, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, and then um, let's let's keep let's keep this show rolling. Um, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley in a tug of war match is exactly what I want to see on a wrestling show. Um, I don't know. Braun won. I, I guess I guess the whole show can be winners because this is actually leading up to this. I thought it was a great raw so far. It was, and then just. Um, it, Kind of just kind of went off the rails for a little bit up until really until the main event. Yeah. Um, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are, I guess, AJ's done with them losing all the time. Um, a great match with the Viking Raiders. Um, they, they ended up losing in this fight um, because they got a little cocky and uh, they got rolled up real quick. Right? No, no, no. Um, they ended up losing this fight um, after, you know, Carl Anderson got a little cocky, and you know the match went sideways after that. The thing, uh, the thing that I like what they're doing is I, I think they're teasing an AJ Styles heel turn uh, to reunite the the club, the Bullet Club. Right. Um, do you do you kind of see that going on, Dick? It, it's almost like they what they did back in 2016, where um, really, really when uh, as soon as Gals and Anderson first came onto the, um, to the main roster. Um, they were teasing it for a good while as far as a, uh, him reuniting with AJ, and they ended up doing it for a little bit, but injury permitting and uh, didn't last very long. Um, they really need to do something with Gallows and Anderson uh, on the main roster, and what better way than to have him reunite with AJ? They, they should have done this a long time ago, to tell you the truth, and they should have really stuck with it. Um, I don't know if it's too little, too late, or not, but I mean, it's still better than nothing. Yeah, uh, so we'll see where that storyline goes. I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. That sounds that I'm sounds good to me. Yeah, I'm fine with it too. Uh, Kofi Kingston beats uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Kevin Owens in a two out of three f- or a elimination match. It was really it was really two matches in one. Um, yeah, uh, sorry. Let me let me back up a little bit. Kofi Kingston beats Sami Zayn, and immediately after, Kevin Owens is like, "Hey, well, I'll beat you," and then Kofi beats him too. I think people are starting to kind of sour on Kofi. I feel like uh, he's his reactions aren't what they were uh, initially before. 
he's still he, he's still getting a good reaction. Uh, but you got to keep in mind though that um, he can't just beat everybody. He can't clean. Be, he can't beat everyone. Well, I mean, there, there's got to be some intrigue to Kofi because you know if it could, it could fall into a Roman or a Cena um, levels of push where. You know, you see, you know, you know, he's going to LOL Cena wins. You know what I mean? Like Kofi can't overcome the odds all the time, uh, especially beating Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn back to back. At least maybe lose one of them. Build some intrigue, build some stakes, build let me, something. Let me let me ask you this. Do you like and I and I mean, no, no knock on, on um, either of those guys. I mean, I love those guys. But do you see either both those guys really as like a main event level um, main event level? Um, characters, not talent, because the talent they have, the talent to be main event guys, but like their characters as main eventers. I f- I feel like Kevin Owens. He debuted. He beat John Cena. His debut match. He was an ass right. kicker, and then something happened where you know he won the the universal title, but he didn't have a great run. And I felt like he peaked maybe as far as like where he stood where he stood on the card, right when he first entered, and then it just progressively it, it either um, just remained steady or it just declined. It really started happening after he won the, the Universal Champion. Yeah, that's um, that's where I've noticed. Sammy, Sammy, I feel like they still haven't found uh, the right Sammy Zayn yet. Um, they they had it for a second, and I feel like he's really fallen back, uh, along with Kevin Owens, because you know they won their tag match the night before, which I thought was going to give them their momentum to do right. something with, and then Kofi just comes and beats them back to back. Um, especially Kevin Owens losing to Kofi after Kofi just went through a long match with with uh, Sami Zayn. Like I feel like for for these opponents that Kofi's facing, he should be beating them, and that's why I don't really have a problem with that. I'd have more of a problem if he was losing continuously to um, to Sami, uh, not so much KO, but definitely to Sami and Dolph. If if, were, if he was losing to those guys, then that's where I'd have a problem with. Um, how they're booking him right now, I really don't have that big of a problem because he should be beating those guys. I want to see him go against um, more established main event talent. I want to see him go against Randy Orton. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, after the match, Kofi celebrates, and Samoa Joe uh, appears uh, and gives him a urinagi on the stage and locks him in the coquina clutch. So that's going to be our next feud um, is Samoa Joe versus Kofi Kingston. And I think that's definitely an upgrade. But my question is, can you take Samoa Joe serious? I mean, like he just got done um, losing to the U.S. belt to to Ricochet, and he really hasn't been pushed. I mean, he's been pushed as a killer, but like not to where he should be, like where he really should be at. It's almost like they want to push him there, but they're just not sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean we'll see. I mean, Samoa Joe is a new com- a new challenger, but I'm with you on that, dude. He hasn't uh, really. He hasn't really had a chance to shine, I think, as bright as he would like to or the, the company would like to. Injuries, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, but Samoa Joe is definitely a fierce competitor, and I think it's someone that can be a legit threat to Kofi's reign. Someone's got to beat him eventually. I, eventually, and I, and I think that's going to be the plan. Um, who's going to beat him? I don't know. I mean, um, I, I I think he's going to have the belt until at least SummerSlam. I thought, he was, I thought this would be like a one-month-and-done deal, but... Um, with how they're booking him and the opponents that he's been put with, I could see him uh, up until he's SummerSlam. Samoa Joe beats Kofi for the title. Roman Reigns beats Samoa Joe for the title. That's, you know Roman's got to get that title back. That is that's that's better than what I I hope they don't do the Shane McMahon one. And you know people are saying, oh, you you know I think that's 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 a load of shit. But 
in the back of my mind, they would do something like that where they, they would put the belt on Shane only to get it off of him and put it on Roman. Because, I mean, I, like, for me, the, the person to beat Kofi, in my opinion, would have been Drew McIntyre. If you're going to do that, if you're going to put the belt on Roman, then have Drew, build up Drew McIntyre and then have him drop the belt to Roman if you're going to do that. But they're not going to go that route. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Um, let's talk about this main event, though. Stole the show, pay-per-view level match, pay-per-view caliber match here. Um, AJ Styles versus Ricochet, uh, non-title match, and AJ Styles wins. Um, I top to bottom match was great. Yes. We got to actually see it like like I said, a, a pay-per-view style match. Um, AJ. Um, Ricochet was going for the 6.30. AJ moved out of the way and caught him with the forearm and then a phenomenal forearm for the win. Um, a lot of people were mad that AJ won this match. I uh, wasn't. No, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. It's a great start to a rivalry, which I could see the club getting involved with. Which, let me backtrack a little bit. This, this, that, this is the way that they got in a commercial break uh, before the match started because uh, the club came out to be ringside for AJ and AJ's like, no, we're not starting this match until you guys go to the back. Cut to commercial and then we start the match. Yeah. And um, at least it wasn't a two out of three falls match. It wasn't a two out of and it shouldn't have been two out of three falls. It was it was a one fall match. Uh, no interference. Um, AJ put on, you know, AJ's AJ. I think AJ is the best performer on the main roster um, that, that they have. He's, he's definitely there. He's been their MVP for the past couple of years. Um, and if they want to compete with an AEW that's putting on, you know, great matches every every time they, they put on a show. Yeah. This is an AEW competitor match right here. AJ Styles and Ricochet, the two probably the two of the best workers in WWE. And definitely on the main roster and Ricochet back to back. He's he, I mean, he, he he put on a great uh a great uh match with Samojo at stopping grounds and then uh closed off Raw with um AJ Styles. I mean, that's definitely a, a win. That's more of a win for him. I mean, you talk about even when you lose, you win. He lost, but he won because it made him so much more valuable. You saw what he can do. Even though it was a, a watered-down version of Ricochet, a watered-down version of Ricochet is still better than 100% of many wrestlers out there. Yes, absolutely. Um, let's switch over to SmackDown. We're running out of time here. Um, not a whole lot happened that kind of got me going. We got a tease for a Finn Balor, Shinsuke Nakamura feud, uh, which... Kind of pissed me off for one reason. Finn Balor's like, you know, uh, they're asking him who's going to be, you know, your next your next challenger. He's like, you know what, I'm I'm I don't know who it's going to be. Shinsuke shows up, he two sweets the Intercontinental title, and gives AJ like a dirty look um, to kind of uh, set that up. And instead of Finn Balor reacting, um, talking to him and saying anything, he just looks and smiles away in like the random darkness. It's, it's not the demon. Um, I just I don't like that they that these backstage segments like it's so like I said it's produced so much that like shouldn't if that was me I'm like oh I would be pissed off that someone's like oh you want to try right. like you know what what's that supposed to mean something not just have them smile and stare off into the distance not like a dork it's weird but that's how they want to do those segments um but aside from that though I I am intrigued and hopefully um I I think. Shinsuke, now now that he no longer has Rusev with them, Rusev is um now uh, MIA. Uh, we can get Shinsuke back into doing singles. Um, 
him being the IC title picture is is perfectly fine with me. I think him and I think him and uh, Finn they've they've worked together before in New Japan. I could see them do doing a really good feud, and maybe this will bring some light back into a life back into Shinsuke. Yeah, um, the thing with SmackDown this week, it was pretty much a Raw recap. Uh, a lot of recaps from Raw. The brand split, the brand split is pretty much dead at this point. Um, there's so many people on SmackDown on Raw these days, and then those storylines are carrying over. Into, it's basically we're back into the super shows. The super show era. Uh, of Raw, um, where you have feuds going off on Raw, and then Kofi's supposed to be on SmackDown, but he's in a major storyline on Raw. Same with the Alexa Bliss is in a storyline with Bailey. She's the women's SmackDown champ, and the feuds are being settled on on Raw. It's really confusing. Um, so not much happened, I felt like, this night. There was a, a tag match between the New Day and um, the Planets tag team. Is that what they're calling them? And uh, that turned into a fatal or a triple threat match, or that that turned into a fatal four way tag team match. It's it's kind of you a know mess. that 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 was that was weird because um, it was the new day. Uh, they did they did beat uh, Dan O'Brien and Rowan, and then after the match, um, Heavy Machinery did come out, and so uh, did Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Kevin Sami Zayn attacked. And what was it? Was it a? Um, was it an elimination tag team match? An eight person elimination tag? It was weird because KO and um, I'm sorry, uh, Dan and Brian and Rowan were first got eliminated. Then it became Heavy Machinery, and then after that it became uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which led to new, the New Day winning. Correct? It's so confusing. Um, yeah, it was a first a straight up single, a straight up tag match, and then it turned into a. It, it was a it was an eight person an eight person ta- elimination it, it, tag match. Yes. Um, so. That's a mouthful, by the way. <laughs> That's what she said. So Heavy Machinery actually got the win uh, with their compactor, which is a dope, dope match, a dope move to see, uh, which helped their team uh, with the New Day take the win, I guess. Um, other than that, hey, guess what else? Guess what else happened? Another two out of three falls match. Um, Elias and the Miz. Uh, Elias won um, two falls to one. They, like I said, I said it earlier in the podcast. They are going to burn out that stipulation match in a week because. There was another uh, two out of three falls match for the main event with uh, Dolph Ziggler and Kofi Kingston, which yes. it was it was a two to one. Uh, I said two zero um, a lot earlier. I don't know. Um, so, oh, that was another thing that happened on SmackDown. Nikki Cross beats uh, Bailey um, to get Alexa Bliss a title shot. That that makes no sense to me, but. Um, We'll we'll see where this goes. Um, I would have thought that Bailey would have won, and then they could have led to Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss at Extreme Rules, but um, I was wrong. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> Not much happened on SmackDown. There, there, it, it really isn't, and um, SmackDown is definitely hurting a lot by the um, by this um, wild card rule. And now that we have news that uh, Bischoff and Heyman are going to be uh, taking uh, charge of uh, SmackDown and Raw, respectively, maybe this is just the uh, interim right now, and maybe they're kind of just easing off on the uh, brand split for now until October. So um, that's what I'm thinking. That's that, that's the only logic I can come up behind that because after that announcement of the news today, this is what I'm thinking that that's going to happen for now until October. They got to kill this wild card rule. Um, if they want to have these brands to be separate, they have to kill this wild card rule. Right, because the longer the, the longer the wild card rule goes on, the 
I mean, the less of a brand split it really is, and the and it's already a, it's not even a brand split anymore. Let's just let's just cut it to the chase. It's not a brand split anymore. You said it. It's like these um these super shows that it happened, and you know what? It happened in a much quicker space space because the the brand split originally started back in 2016, right? Around there. Yeah, around there. Yeah. So it it hasn't even been. It's been three years, and it took them about. Eight nine years to kind of do like these super shows, and it only did it in three years. It's almost like they've kind of give they they've not kind of they've given up on the on the brand split. Yeah, especially with the ratings being down. Um, you know, Roman Reigns isn't even on SmackDown anymore. They announced him as like the biggest acquisition in SmackDown history, but he'll have a match on Raw and not even be on SmackDown. The he next wasn't time. on SmackDown this week. Was he, he wasn't on SmackDown no. last week either. Um, so you know, it goes to show which show is dominant, and it's Raw. So that's why. John Tafford is going to raw rescue this place. Um, that's it, guys. Do we have anything to talk about, Dick? Anything we left left out? You know, I mean, have it, we had some we had some big big special guests on this show. We had John Taffer and Vince McMahon. I, I I can't really top anything they said. Uh, they they pretty much stole all the thunder. Yep, that was it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, downloading, subscribing. We're available on all platforms: Spotify, Google Google Podcast, uh, basically wherever you get your podcast. We are available for you guys. iTunes, you name it, we're there. Just search for Put Me Over Podcast. Um, and tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your friends' neighbors. We are the new, 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 new world order of professional podcasting. And we will see you next week. <laughs>